Teaching Brute. Today we're continuing with our series on Genius Hour and Passion Projects. We're specifically going to talk today about how to set it up in the primary or elementary school classroom. We sure are. So today, I mean, it, it's the setup is actually unique and very, you could, there's really deliberate ways you can set it up and then there's very almost osmotic or just kind of natural ways you can set it up as well. So you got to bear that in mind as we talk as we talk through this. So which one shall we start with? Well, I mean, it's easy to start with the environment because because you need to create the environment of curiosity and freedom in your classroom in order for to get maximum effort out of this thing and to get the maximum um, potential out of this. So, I mean, the first thing you want to think about is. How is creativity built in your room? What, where do you have moments in your class culture where creativity is a thing? And that can range from anything from, you know, asking them questions or teasing them with little tidbits of information in a morning meeting to having like brain breaks that are an ask anything now session, what I call them, where they have five minutes or 10 minutes of spare time just to ask the teacher or each other questions about anything. Um, you give them moments to look at their creativity. You give them moments to be bored because there's a lot of psychological research to indicate that boredom actually creates creativity, or it kind of encourages kids to be creative. So there's there's that there's those little things that you can build into your schedule that allow you to do that, um, which engage this idea of what am I curious about? What am I wondering about? You also reinforce this idea of three before me. And in case you're not familiar with this idea, it's basically it's, it's a great classroom management tool for the teacher because it minimizes our stress. But it's the idea that you, the kids need to ask three other students before they talk to the teacher about the question. So it creates student ownership, student empowerment, and student, student leadership. And it kind of lets them be independent in their learning and figure out what they need to do next. So that's a huge part of it where you need to give their, need to give their, their learning needs to go through them. It needs to be empowered through them. You give them the onus of their own learning, which is a pretty big pretty big concept and a really hard thing to do for a lot of kids who are in grade two and three because they're really not used to the idea of independence. Um, in the international scheme, you'll find a lot of kids who are coddled a lot. And that idea of, I have control over my own learning, that's a really unique thing for them. It is. And it's, depending on which region you're in, it might not just be the grade twos and threes that are not in control. It could be right up through the end of primary school or elementary school. Absolutely. So the next thing you need to remember to do is intentionally make it part of your schedule. And in that, I mean, when you inquire about your schedule or when you create your schedule at the beginning of the year, or even if you change it midway through the year, Genius Hour is part of that schedule. It's not a reward system. It's not a consequence system. It's not a thing that you don't know what to do next. You make sure that it's part of your daily life. And by doing so, the kids know it's coming. And trust me, they get excited over it. But you can also start planning lessons around it and start figuring out where they need to go next with it. And it becomes part of your life, too, your planning life, which is a huge key part of it. 
Um, and so creating that, that also helps create the culture of curiosity and the, and the genius hour culture in your classroom. So if you're planning around it, clearly you need to know what every student is doing. Yeah, and you can make that pretty pretty visible in your room. I have a genius hour wall where the kids essentially have to write their topic and what they're doing on a strip of paper, and that gets blue tacked to our wall. And that's got two purposes. Number one, I know where they are, what they're doing. Number two, the kids, if they're if they run out of ideas, they can go look at the wall, and if there's an idea on the wall that another kid has done or is doing, then they're also curious about that concept, then they can go for it. And for me, who has slightly more than one class, I've got 220 kids, I do spreadsheets. And yep. each class has a spreadsheet, and all of my information for their Genius Hour is on a single spreadsheet. Yeah, and that's, and that's the other way around. We do a spreadsheet as well, uh, for the, so that way the parents can see it. So we kind of do a twofold in my room. So um, once you're planning for this, yep. then what? Well, then it's time to introduce it. Um, and the first real way to introduce it, there's a couple of books you can use. Um, there's, a, there's a variety of them that picture books that will really help, especially in the younger grades. Um, the Most Miraculous Thing is one of them, and that's a really, really good book that it talks about this idea of a child is trying to build one thing and makes mistakes and thinks she's failed when the reality is she hasn't, and she's created a variety of things that other people can use. And the other one is actually a book from my home. It's called I'm Drawing a Picture by uh, Doretta Groendijk. Um, and that book is about the variety of ways you can present Genius Hour projects. And I'm Drawing a Picture talks about you know, taking, taking a picture, creating a presentation, doing a drawing, doing a sketch. It's really cool. And it gets this idea that Genius Hour projects have to be presented and there has to be like an action step with them. Yeah. Very true. There's also some good videos on YouTube. Yep. Um, one of them is called Kane's Arcade. And yep. it's about a boy who built an arcade out of cardboard and invited his community to come and play. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a variety. And there's also like geniushour.com, straightforward. And it has some resources you can use as well that'll help encourage you to set it up. And also get an idea, like have some resources available for the kids as they're as you're setting it up. And when you realize there's the potential that a kid may need these resources, so try to get your hands on certain resources as time goes on, um, so that we can make the process easier for them. There are also a few books for you as a teacher that you could be looking into and reading about um, if you're wanting to jump into the world of Genius Hour, but not quite sure. Yeah. One of those books is called The Genius Hour Guidebook uh, by Denise Krems and Gallup Z. Um, and this one is from, it's called an Eye on Education book. Um, it's on Amazon, and it's a really good resource for trying to really get through it. And another one is called Pure Genius by Donald uh, by Don Wettrick. Uh, it's called Building a Culture of 20% Innovation Time and Taking It to the Next Level. Um, and this is one, though it sounds like it's directed towards, you know, uh, the business world, it's really not. Um, yeah, so it's really, really cool. And, and AJ Giuliani has a few books out there. Um, Launch is one of them. Learning by Choice is one of them. Uh, Inquiry and Innovation in the Classroom. 
and there is a fourth one too that I can't remember, but I will post that up on our website. Um, and he also has a blog and a course that you can do if you are interested in that. Nice. And that's kind of the basics of how to set this thing up. I mean, as it gets rolling, we'll talk about what happens when it gets rolling on the next episode, but those are kind of your basics for getting set up. Excellent. So, episode three coming up in a couple weeks. Tune in. <laughs>